you have any cool hobbies? This is fascinating. When it comes to hobbies, everything old is new again. I'm talking retro nostalgic hobbies are all the rage. Everything from sewing to bird watching, gardening and baking. Now, what do people love most about these retro hobbies? It comes down to escaping the stresses and strains of life and finding an escape through simple pleasures. Even calligraphy, crocheting, and pottery are all making a comeback. People say traditional hobbies bring them joy and benefits their mental health. Mm. That's why they love them so much. Mm. So everything old is new again. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think if I have any of these skills. <laughs> you know what? I can bake. It's not go. a hobby, uh-huh, but because you can. when pressed, when I can. Pre- <laughs> I don't ask me to break bread, uh-huh. but I can bake a dessert or a cake. Mm. Coming up, do you have certain words and phrases that are unique to your family? There's a name for that. We'll tell you about it next. Hey, do you have certain words and phrases that are unique to your family? Instead of a dialect, they call it a familect. And uh, we totally have this in our marriage, my husband Glenn and I. It means made up words or phrases that only you or your family use and also includes inside jokes and references. Well, there's a new poll that found close to 40% of families have their own familect. I would have guessed like 90% of families. Oh, yeah, about way more. Uh, For example, maybe your dad accidentally called himself your dud. 20 years ago instead of your dad. Mm. Uh, so you've been teasing him by calling him Dud ever, ever since. since. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. familect. Mm. I thought this was such a fun story because it's true. Like we all have our phrases and, the, and you'll say it when company is in the house and all of a sudden you realize, oh, I need to explain to them what right. I just said. <laughs> they have no idea what I'm talking about. We have, yeah. d- we have nicknames too. Everybody's got a nickname in our house oh, too. Oh, fun. What's the word you just taught us about when you have your Familect. own language? Familect. Familect. Words and, and phrases that only your family knows what they mean and only they use. I, I mentioned we were big with nicknames in our family. I'll share some of our nicknames in a minute. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, we got some good ones, too, in our family. Nicknames with your family? Okay. Well, get, call and tell us what are some of the nicknames you have for your kids, for your better half, for you. We'd love to hear about them. Hey, Alex, we're talking about nicknames. And uh, do you have any cool ones for you and your family? Oh, yeah. So my husband calls me Poco Loco. (laughs) Why is that? It means little crazy. Uh, I call call him Grande Loco, which means big crazy. You guys sound like an awesome family. Thanks for sharing that with us. Oh, yeah. We have a great sense of humor and a weird sense of humor. He's the EMT. I'm a medical assistant, so we have that, like, weird medical sense of humor that normally people don't understand. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely a lot of fun in our household. Love it. That is so cool. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your life with oh, us. Of course. We're talking about family nicknames. You have nicknames for your your better half, for your kids. We we have nicknames running up and down the line in my family. My mm-hmm. grandparents on my dad's side were a boots and plumber, and uh, my grandma, her name was Beulah. She got boots from the fact that she Loves. always wore boots. I love that nickname, boots. <laughs> That's That's so boots. hip and cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was boots. Plumber was uh, he was Plum because his middle name was Plumber, um, and it had to do with back way back then. You would give people an, a name. It had to do with um, like a, a virtue or a character trait, mm-hmm. and if something was plum, it was like to you know to spec. Yeah. So that's why they gave him that. My dad's cool. my dad's middle name is Helm. Like he's at the helm of the ship. 
Um, so that that I think that ended with me though. <laughs> they didn't give me a nickname yeah. or a middle name like that. But we do have nicknames in our family. Our kids, Kyle, when he was born, was always Big Boy Kyle. Um, let's see, Autumn was Miss Autumn. Amber is Ambu Bear. Still call her Am- Ambu Bear or Amber Pander, uh, like a panda bear. And uh, April is Baby April. And that's mm-hmm. we still when yeah. usually we we don't call them that. But my wife and I, when we're talking about them, we'll we'll use those. Oh wow! Still, yeah. baby April. Yeah, that's I mean, so ca- cute. Occasionally, <laughs> that's adorable. Occas- but yeah, those are nicknames like you know that we'll always remember. Remember when we called yeah. you baby April? I ha- I didn't have a ton of nicknames in my family growing up because my mom just called everyone Honey. Her husband, all five of her daughters, mm-hmm. we were all Honey. And then in college, I gave everyone a nickname. Like my na- my friend David Setrin. He was always Soul Train. I never called him anything but. <laughs> and then my husband, I tease him like I'll call him like Info Man mm. or Lawn Man or Mountain Man. And it's always man. And then yeah. um, my in-laws, they have the cutest nicknames ever. So my legal last name starts with a Z as in like zebra. Mm-hmm. And so they have their granddaughter call them mom Z and dad Z. <laughs> and so now we all do it. Like I never say Ron and Dorothy anymore. I say, Hey, is mom Z going to be coming? And what, mm-hmm. what, where's dad Z going to get home? That's funny. Like we just, it's just become part of the family. Okay. Here's something that's really funny. Nickname wise. I started calling Tracy a nickname in the last year. And a friend of hers who lives all the way across the country that she talks to two or three times a week on the phone, she started calling her this same thing. And we did not compare notes. If we out. just both at the same time started calling her. Her name's Tracy. We both started calling her T-Racy. Oh, okay, funny. What's up, T-Racy? She's like, what does that mean? I'm like, it's self-evident. I mean, you know, you're kind of cool. You got it going on. You're T-Racy. So she'll go, all right, K-Evan. I'm like... Babe, that doesn't work. (laughs) No, you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. (laughs) Hey, do you teach your kids about stranger danger? This mom says she doesn't. Marcy explains that she's teaching her daughters about strange behaviors rather than stranger danger. And so instead of talking about strangers, we talk about strange behavior. Because the thing is, children are most often abused or hurt by people they know. And an executive director at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children agrees with Marcy, saying one of the main problems is that when a child is asked, what does a stranger look like? They almost always describe someone who's ugly or mean or monster-like. And one of the most common lures is when an adult approaches a young child for driving directions, things like, will you help me look for this puppy? So she said they're teaching kids about dangerous behavior instead of stranger danger is actually quite brilliant as a parent. I want to know, as a dad of four, I want to know what, what does she mean by people in proximity to your kids? Does that mean like people in their everyday life or does it mean kind of people like on the periphery, like mm, what you would call acquaintances, like people that, that you know and you kind of have a familiarity with but really don't know that well? Is, the, is that who she means by people that you know? Like define that. What what does that mean to, you know, what you know what I mean to equip parents a little mm-hmm. more to know okay, this is what someone they know look looks like or what typically they are because that's something like that we were always with our kids very very leery of. It's like great example sleepovers. Our kids never went to not one sleepover. Wow. Cuz we just weren't we just weren't comfortable with. It. We were just, it's just mm-hmm. not necessary. Not not something we need to do. You can stay till midnight if you want and then we'll come and get you. Um, But how do you guys roll in your house? Do you guys do anything similar? Would love to hear from you. 
So let's talk about this. Do you think stranger danger needs to be rethought? There's this mom who's saying she doesn't teach her kids about stranger danger. She teaches them about strange behavior and what to look for in people that they may even know. So what do you do to teach your kids to keep them safe? Do you teach them stranger danger? Do you teach them both? We'd love to hear what you do. And maybe in you sharing today what you do with your kids, another mom and dad can learn and and they can start doing it too. We'll keep all of our kids a lot safer. So we're talking about keeping our kids safe. And you know what? One other thing came to mind uh, to me, Taylor, and it's a tip that we learned a few years ago. It was a tip we learned about what to do if you're like in an airport or in a huge crowd with your kids, even just going to the mall. Have your kid wear the jersey of their favorite team. So if they're like big, um, I don't know, Tennessee Titans fan, have them wear a Titans. If they're a Packers fan, have them wear their Packers jersey. And that way, if you get separated, you can tell mall security or airport security. He's wearing a number four Green Bay Packers jersey. Mm. Super easy to find, right? Rather than, oh, he's got on a black coat and boots. So does every other kid in this airport, right? That's a great idea because we lost my little twin sister in the airport when she was only five years old. So that would have been helpful. So they were wearing wearing their favorite team jersey. It would have been real easy to, to find. So that's just something we picked up years ago when we had like, I don't know, a child safety expert on the show and they gave us that tip. And I was like, that is one of those so simple and so smart ideas. Everybody's going to do it. A scenario I think that most married couples know all too well. The husband is driving. The wife has the phone out with GPS and helping guide hubby where they're going. GPS says, turn left. Hubby says, what? Wife goes, are you going to follow GPS or not? Husband goes, no, and goes his own way. And then things fall apart. That may have happened to me and Tracy. We'll talk about it next. So I think every couple has been there. The husband's behind the wheel. The wife has got the GPS open and is helping guide through traffic or through a tight spot. My wife and I do that all the time. If if I see a, like a backup on the interstate, I'll go, hey, bring it up on GPS real quick. See if I should take this next exit. And it has saved us time. So uh, we're big fans of that. But the other night we were uh, we were stuck in traffic and it was like a downtown area. And I said, "Can you bring the, can you bring the GPS up? Maybe it'll, maybe it'll help us." At the next intersection, turn right. I know better. I'm not. Why am I going to turn right? There's nothing but an endless line of cars there, and that's not the way we go anyway. If we turn left here, it's fine. And my wife goes, "Why are you getting mad at me?" I'm like, "I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at GPS lady." At the next intersection, turn right. Because I don't want to turn right. I want to turn left. We're going left, and I go left with enthusiasm. <laughs> Uh-oh. And Tracy goes silent. My wife goes silent. She's like, I'm like, will you please keep helping me? And she holds the phone up for me to see it. And it slipped out of her hand as she was holding it up. And she goes, well, you don't follow it anyway. And it comes flying into my lap. So, And I'm paying attention to traffic. So I'm thinking, like, she just tossed the phone at me. <gasps> I said, Trace. I'm just asking for some help here, and this lady keeps telling me. At the next intersection, turn right. And I know I shouldn't turn right. I just need need your help. Silence. I'm like, Trace, are are we now not talking? She's like, A, I wouldn't throw the phone at you. It slipped out of my hand. And B, you're getting mad at me because you don't want to follow the GPS, even though the GPS never leads us wrong. And I was like, but that's not the way we usually go. And she, she said very wisely, But didn't you ask me to get the GPS because you were afraid the way we usually go wouldn't work, so you wanted to know a better way? At which point, I went silent. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so stressed out here. In that moment, <laughs> I realized she was right. And I was being the donkey in Trek. <laughs> so, were you late and did you end up having fun? That's what I want to know. Fortunately, we were on our way home. Oh, okay. But it did take a good amount of of well Did it, you it, sleep it, on the couch? <laughs> no, but it was my it was my fault and it did take a good amount of groveling which which Tracy deserved to hear. Because I was completely wrong. But I think every couple has been there. <laughs> where the husband hears... At the next intersection, turn right. Nope! <laughs> I got this! Not my best moment, but I think everybody's been there. So I was sharing a, a pretty embarrassing story about me not reacting well when the GPS said... At the next intersection, turn right. And I knew, nope, I'm turning left. And my wife and I wound up having a little spat because she thought I was angry at her. And I wasn't. I was angry at the GPS lady. And she was like, why don't you follow the GPS? It never steers us wrong. And you always want to do it your own way, blah, 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 blah. The next day, we go to church. And we're sitting in church. And I kid you not, the sermon, they hold up the Bible... This is your GPS for God to get you home. <laughs> Are you guys able to hold it together? Or did you just laugh out loud in the middle of the service? I think I have bruises in my ribs from Tracy nudging me. <laughs> That's I was hilarious. like, wow. What that, are the chances? What, what do you call it? That was a God wink right there. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> less, uh, less than 12 hours after ignoring the GPS, the message of the week is, this is your GPS. You need to follow it to get back home. <laughs> Only don't follow it like Kevin Avery. Well, how many of us do that? Our, our entire lives are spent not following the GPS, right? And trying to get it right. Oh, it was too funny. I came this close to just like belly laughing and rolling on the floor. I was like, God, you're good. That is good, God. All right. So nobody likes to talk about money. It causes the most arguments in marriage. And yet uh, no one wants to talk about it. But I will uh, talk about it for a minute. And this is something that um, Glenn and I have learned in our marriage and so many of our listeners have, too. And um, here's the deal. There was a headline the other day. Household debt soars at uh, fastest pace in 15 years wow. as credit card use surges. Wow. And that's according to a new federal report. And what I just wanted to say is, you know, I totally get money being tight. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Glenn and I look mm-hmm. at our W-2s from when we first got married and we're like, how in the world did we survive? Yeah. What did we eat? Right. Um, but if you can do what so many of our Kevin and Taylor listeners have done and even if it's getting rid of the credit card completely for a little while, but learn how to live debt free, mm-hmm. it will transform your whole life. It's mind blowingly awesome Damn, to no not kidding. have that noose that, you know, that feeling of being drug under. And um, we have a someone in our lives who's she's working really hard to get out from under her credit card debt right now. Mm-hmm. And we're just like cheering her on. We even like, instead of giving her and she's cool with this birthday and Christmas presents, we give her money and say, this is for your, mm. your journey to yeah. pay down that credit That's card. Cool. Debt. Yeah. yeah. You ever organize a play date or two for your kids? Well, coming up, why today's play dates are so stressful for moms. Why are today's play dates so stressful for moms? Mm, I, I'm going to give it a guess. Okay. Because 
They're stressed about getting the perfect Instagram pic of their kids frolicking with other kids. Oh, you're a good guesser. That's not quite it, but you're close. I'll tell you what's going on. Because just like Pinterest took over decor, filters to make you look perfect took over Instagram, today's playdates are more like birthday parties. (laughs) One mom said her daughter got home from a playdate armed with a homemade snow globe puffy painted socks and warm chocolate chip cookies and her daughter's like mom mom mrs s baked those cookies from scratch they didn't come from a package oh and she jumped on the trampoline with us can you do a somersault mom mrs s can some moms are sheepishly avoiding playdates altogether because they don't want the comparison trap but parenting experts are saying please moms Schedule that play day and shockingly, just let your kids play. I think your we... job is not to entertain, educate, or impress your children's friends. You're not a preschool teacher. You're not a camp counselor. It's not a photo shoot for Better Homes and Gardens magazine. Just make sure the kids are safe and let them play. I think we can make up a new word here. Instead of comparison, it's mom-parison. Yeah. Right? It's comparing yourself mm-hmm. to another mom. Yeah. Oh, can that, you imagine? That can be tough. You, you just want a kid to come over and play and you feel like you have to have arts and crafts and the perfect snack and like Uh, planning a birthday party yeah hey mom i want to go play at so-and-so's house and the first question is going to be okay tell me about the mom (laughs) (laughs) well she has her own instagram tiktok baking channel she teaches yoga at the church after volunteering with the the special needs kids yeah you're not going over there We don't want the mom Parison trap. Right. And in her spare time, she's working on her doctorate in advanced theology. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not playing with that, wacko. <laughs> I can't tell you how excited I am that Kevin coined a new phrase on our show right here on live radio. <laughs> mom Parison instead of comparison. So have you experienced this, whether it's a, a birthday party, a play date, that comparison trap where you're like, ah, oh, how do these moms do it all? Yeah, yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Debbie, so you heard us talking about how the mom Harrison trap is so real that moms yes. are afraid to have play dates because they turn into birthday parties. I actually, all my kids, my youngest now is 24, but I have five kids, and it was always a constant, like, when we were in our own little old bubble, as we called it, everything was wonderful, and, and but then, you know, somebody from the football team's mom would want to have a birthday party, and... <laughs> Oh my goodness, we were going to the zoo or something ridiculous. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'd have to look at it and I'd go, well, wait, we have our own zoo because we have an animal for every child. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep everything in perspective, don't you? <laughs> you do. You just have to step back and go, I built this. And, and, and I would often go see families with four kids and go, wow, how do they do that? And then I go, wait, I have five. How do I do that? <laughs> there you go. Good for you. There you go. Well, thanks for calling and thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you guys for all you do. Hey, Kathy, it's Kevin and Taylor. and We're talking about how you can fall into that comparison trap. We're calling it the mom parison, where you can look at other moms and go, wow, how do they do it all? Have you ever had those feelings? Oh, absolutely. When my son was little, one of my really good friends had her son in gym classes. They were quite costly, and she kept telling me how it was so important for their development. They didn't get enriched. They wouldn't thrive. And so I always felt very guilty because I couldn't afford to put 
my child in these classes. Yeah. I, you know, always felt like I was doing wrong and, you know, not enough for my kid. Well, my kid is now, he's 26. He is an honor grad. He's a software engineer for a major company. So I feel like he didn't need all of that. You know, I think the most Mm. important things moms need to remember is to just, what's important is what you do at home and how involved you are in your kids and, and how they're developing and learning in school. Be involved in their school. Be involved in their lives and their yeah, friends. Absolutely. So I think moms need to really take a step back and realize that just because someone tells you to do something, it's not always the best. It's certainly not the best for your child. Very wow. good words of wisdom. Yes, that's awesome. Definitely. That's that, and, and that's why moms, after they've raised their kids, have so much to share with younger moms. I mean, you just poured into somebody's life without even knowing it. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, well done you. Go Kathy. Thank you for what you do. We appreciate you every day. Have you been feeling lonely lately? Uh, Wait till you hear what they're saying is the perfect solution. It's a teddy bear, and either this will be your emotional support bear, a dream come true, or your worst nightmare. (laughs) It's a five foot seven tall bear, and it's shaped like a human with five fingers on each hand, but it's got a teddy bear head. A site called puffybear.com is selling them for 160 bucks. And they claim the body pillow significantly reduces the feeling of loneliness. Uh, it comes with bear fur. Yeah. So you can dress him in whatever clothing you want. He can be in pajamas. He could be in jeans and a T-shirt, whatever you want. And my opinion is if you're attempted to get this emotional support bear, if you're like at that point in your life, like I'm so lonely, I need this bear, get a dog. <laughs> right. They're so much more fun. <laughs> Well, get the, an emotional support dog. The bear may scare you so much. And you're like, you know what? Being alone's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up, check out what a local restaurant did for a long time customer. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Wait till you hear what a local restaurant did for a long time customer. For the sixth year in a row, Chick-fil-A in Florida celebrated the birthday of Mr. Steve, who's been coming to the restaurant on a regular basis for over 20 years. Well... He just celebrated his 104th birthday. Wow. Back when he turned 100, they gave him Chick-fil-A for life. (laughs) Whoops. And uh, (laughs) the employees adore Mr. Steve, saying he's the sweetest, most genuine, kind, and humble person they've ever had the pleasure to know. They said he always gives the best advice about life, about what's really important, and expressed a genuine interest in everybody's lives. Man, I just, I think we all need to be more like Mr. Steve. Yes. What a guy. And when he was 100 and they gave him Chick-fil-A for life, they (laughs) thought it was a safe bet. Mr. Steve said, hold my waffle fries. (laughs) Watch this. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Do you ever think about your life and maybe something happens at your house and you're like, okay, the neighbors think we're crazy. The neighbors are pretty sure we're nuts. That happens on the regular in my house, by the way. But something the other day happened that my wife was like, they all think we're nuts. And on that one incident alone, I would agree. Yes, they think we're nuts. But now what we've done because of that incident, 
just adds to the crazy. I'll tell you what's going on and why our neighbors think we're nuts next. So with four kids and five, at one time, six dogs in our house, we've gotten used to the fact that we are the crazy people in the neighborhood. It's, it's okay. We can live with that. But another short and certain sign that our neighbor's like, yep, they're nuts. Happened the other day. Um, you guys know we have five dogs, and they, they are all hunting dogs. Even the greyhounds, if you look back at their lineage, they're hunting dogs. And three of them uh, are literal hunting dogs that we adopted, and they go nuts this time of the year with the squirrels. They just go absolutely crazy. Fast forward to yesterday, big box comes from Amazon. I'm like, ooh, what did I get? And I open the box, and there are two... You ever see those plastic owls that people put on like a barn or something to keep varmints away? There are two plastic owls. And I said, what's this? She goes, that's our anti-squirrel strategy. They don't like owls? Yeah. She she said, I Googled it. And they said, the the best thing you can do is get those fake owls and mount those on your fence or put them in your yard, wherever, um, and do that. So we got the owls. They're plastic. We filled them with sand last night. And I put one on one side of the fence. And the fence is, it's about, I'm going to say, 30 yards long. I mean, it's a long fence. One at one end of the fence, the other at the other end. And the way Tracy's like, no, 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 no. Have it looking down the fence. Like, so if it's if the squirrel starts running on the fence, <laughs> it'll see those eyes and go, ah! And jo- We're trying to get in the Do mind. they sit on the ground or they go up on the fence? They're up on top of the fence. Oh, They're wow. on like the runner of the fence. Okay. And we're trying to get in the mind of the squirrel to deter them from running <laughs> along the fence, which causes our dogs to go nuts. Now we have two giant yellow-eyed owls mounted on our fence. They probably just think you like owls. <laughs> I know someone who does. She has owl paintings, owl yeah, decor. That ain't us. I'm just hoping they do their job. And of course, I couldn't resist the temptation to have the owls talk to each other. And of course, the owl conversation was, who are you? <laughs> uh, the dad jokes never end. They don't. They don't. So I'll, I'll let you know how it goes with the owls. So we're talking about these goofy owls that now live in my backyard. These giant plastic owls that we have on each side of our fence. And the discussion that we had about where to put these owls. You can move them around, Taylor. You fill them with sand, and that keeps them from tipping over the top of the fence. The fence is about eight feet high, by the way. Was it hard for you to lift it up once you loaded it with sand? No. It's probably about maybe 20 pounds. Not eight foot. The fence is six foot high. And that's because our dogs are jumpers, and you got to have a fence that high to have these kind of dogs. So anyhow, we, we put the owls up there, and the first thing was, where do we put them? Tracy wanted them at opposite ends to keep this. She was like, you put them at the far ends, it'll keep them off the whole thing. I was like, no, 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 no. We need to put them about a quarter of the way on in on each side, and that way we cover 25% on each side of the, of the, of the owl. Then it's, then it's done. Again, we're trying to get in the head of the squirrel. <laughs> I just I just had to look up your owl on Amazon so I could see what it looks like. <laughs> There's giant yellow eyes. I put it on the floor for the dogs to check out at first because we're like the last thing we want is to solve the squirrel problem and create another one when they see the owls up there. Well, they go nuts over the owls, so we right. put them on the floor so they could sniff them and see them and everything. And they were pretty okay with them in the house, but when we put them up on the fence, very very curious. They started barking at they them. They all ran to them. They didn't bark at them. They just ran right to their like underneath of them and were staring at them. And one dog even jumped up, paws extended, trying to, like, get closer to it. Great. So, <laughs> like a 
nature film in my backyard every day. Between the squirrels, the plastic owls, the dogs, my screaming wife. <laughs> we should have a reality show, I'm telling you. Talk about must-see TV. That would be it. Just the crazy stuff that goes on with us.